0: Hello and welcome to Inspire Me Today Radio. I'm your host, Gail Lynn Goodwin. For many people, they've tried every conventional method, and yet illness and disease are still a part of life. Today's guest is a chiropractor with a very special gift. While running a successful chiropractic practice in Los Angeles, he experienced a series of bizarre occurrences that led him to realize that his gift lay far beyond the realm of spinal adjustment. One patient after another reported healings from cancers, epilepsy, cerebral palsy, and other severe health conditions simply when he held his hands near them. Seeking to understand what was happening, he consulted with leaders in science, medicine, and spirituality and discovered that they didn't have the answers either. Supported by researchers affiliated with institutions such as Harvard, Yale, and Stanford, he went on to pioneer studies in the healing frequencies running through him and their effects on people, which he came to term Reconnective Healing, a comprehensive healing approach which completely transcends healing energy or energy healing and its complex rituals and techniques. Since then, get this, he's trained more than 75,000 people in Reconnective Healing. I am so impressed with the work this man has done that I knew I had to interview him and introduce him to our community. His name is Dr. Eric Pearl, and he's here today to share his story with us. Dr. Pearl, thank you. I am honored and welcome to com. Well, thank you
1: very much for having me. It's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to be here.
0: Well, what a story, seriously. Go back and tell us a little bit about this. About I want to hear it from you, from your words. How did this come to be? I mean, were you just in the office one day and someone got up and walked? I mean, how did this work?
1: Well, you know, that's Pretty much <laughs> the way it happened, minus a touch of background. What happened was um, I was awakened in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night um, by a very bright light. I opened my eyes to see what it was, and, and it wasn't anything seemingly um, spiritual or metaphysical or not at this plane. It just was the lamp next to my bed. It turned itself on. Now, I had had that lamp for a good 10 years. It hadn't selected any other propitious occasion to self-ignite, but um, (laughs) there it was. And I thought to myself, you know, out of a sleepy daze, maybe it's some kind of an electrical short or something, even though that really didn't make sense to me because shorts usually turn things off, not on. Right. And yet, at the same time, it felt as if there was someone in my house. I don't know how to explain this, but I felt as if I had been being watched. Um, this was such a real feeling that I got up with a knife and a can of pepper spray and my Doberman pincher and I went hunting through the house to see who was there. And after 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes of looking, because it's a large house. I I finally decided that there wasn't anyone hiding in my house, and it had to be my imagination, and so I went back to sleep. But that Monday when I went into my office, I would adjust my chiropractic patients the way I would normally adjust them and finish with them lying on their backs. I would tell them, as I always had, to... um, close their eyes, rest there, allow the adjustment to settle into place. And while that was happening, when I removed my hands from them, I could feel sensations in my hands. As I started to play with sensations in my hands, I would see their bodies started to develop oddly corresponding movements. Their, their, Their... Facial muscles would move, tiny little involuntary muscles would begin to ripple, ripple, like water ripples when you drop a pebble into it, across their forehead right. or around their chin, pulling at their lips, pulling at their eyebrows. Their eyes would rapidly dart back and forth. Their fingers would start to move. Their arms or legs would involuntarily jump. Uh, when, when um, the, the more the different ways I would play with my hands, the different ways I could get their muscles to move, when they opened their eyes, to started reporting. Wow. colors they'd never seen before. Yeah, smelling flowers they'd never smelled. And that's when they started, pretty much just as you described, um, reporting or demonstrating healing. They we getting up out of wheelchairs. They were um, able this- suddenly to hear or to see. You know, children with cerebral palsy or epilepsy were suddenly able to walk and run and play and speak normally, not as teachers, not need medication. Their doctors would call. Their patients would call. They said, "What did you do?" I said I didn't do anything and don't tell anyone which went over about as big as, as uh, Nancy Reagan trying to just say no to drugs. Right. So soon everyone started coming in saying I'll have what she had and the next thing we know people were saying ask me to teach this and I said teach it you've got me nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm waving my hands in the air looking like a fool. You go outside with your hands in the air <laughs> and we know what your neighbors have to say about you. Yeah,
0: exactly. But, but how long um, ago was this Eric? When did this how long Thursday,
1: ago? It started in August. Thursday in August of 1993, and I just don't remember which Thursday Mm -hmm. it was, because by the time I realized it was important enough that I would like to have an anniversary date of this, it was too far away for me to be able to figure out which Thursday it was.
0: Well, that's close enough. 1993 is kind of what I was going for. So since that time, you have gone on to not only, first off, I guess you had to figure out how to do this and what it was you were doing, and then teach it. Yeah. I mean, most people, right. when I first read this, I thought, how do you teach something like this? Because this, to me, is like a gift, seriously a gift. Does this mean well, that, that's what I, I, mean, I thought. can it be taught?
1: Well, you see, that's what I thought when people started asking me to teach it. I said, I don't think you can teach this. But um, what, what happened was that my patients started calling me up after they left my office, they said they drove home. They pulled up in front of their house. Their automatic garage door started to open and close by itself before they hit the button. But they walked inside their house. Their lamp with their TV started turning itself off and on. Um, <laughs> and they felt sensations in their hands. They would hold their hands near someone in the family. The grandfather could walk after the stroke. The uncle regained his hearing. And that's when we began to discover that once you interact with this more comprehensive healing spectrum, what science today refers to as um, the reconnective healing spectrum, once you interact with it, something changes. Something changes within you that not only allows you to possibly have your own healings, but allows you to be able to have the capacity to facilitate healings for others. So yeah, I I agreed finally to teach a group of maybe um, 25 people and I didn't know how to teach them, so I told them the story of it. I let them all feel it in their hands. I I demonstrated how to use it. We had one massage table. We all took turns doing it. And then I released them out onto an unsuspecting planet. And I started getting phone calls. So many phone calls that this was the time when I finally had to get a computer. I didn't even have a computer yet. It was in the, um, towards the late 90s. And so... Um, the next seminar I did just, people started coming in from everywhere, hearing about it. And as of today, um, uh, the estimate is, is that I've taught pretty much close to 100,000 people around the world. The, the book is called The Reconnection. You know, how to heal yourself. It's in approximately 39 languages. It's the second book that just came out a few months ago. It's already in 27 languages. And, um... I speak at hospitals, universities, United Nations. But most excitingly, um, we teach just to the general public at hotels because you need no prerequisites to learn this work. You don't need a background in energy healing or in, in mainstream health care like medicine or anything else because you need no prerequisites to step into the fullness of who. Each and every one truly is, and we have to recognize that this is who we are.
0: Wow! Can you give us a sneak preview without having us read the book right now? Give us one tangible example of how does this work?
1: I don't know how it works.
0: <laughs> I really. So, in other I words, really, when when somebody comes to one of your seminars, Eric, walk us through what does that look like?
1: Okay, that's easy enough. And I can, and and yes, I can give you theory on how it works. I can give you a lot of scientific theory on how it works and scientific results of studies, but truly, I just don't believe that anyone yet knows how this works. But I can tell you how it works to teach it, oddly enough, which is this. The seminars are usually given on a Friday night for three hours from 7 to 10, and then all day Saturday and Sunday. And this is what happens. Um, I'll give a three-hour presentation, we talk about the history of the work, the theory, the philosophy. Um, I'll go through the science of it. All different things, and then we'll bring up volunteers from the audience and give live demonstrations of the healings. And and you witness them, right? You know, maybe even on someone you know, maybe even on yourself. In the witnessing of the reality of these healings, and they these people's responses and their family's responses in the audience and such, you start to step in... It's, an, it's a door opener just in witnessing because you step into a state that says, maybe there really is something else. And the healings let me tell you, they are so rapid, they are fairly instantaneous and they tend to last for a lifetime. You don't even have to come back again and again and again. And then we let everyone feel this in your hands. But that's Friday night. Saturday and Sunday is different because Saturday and Sunday is a real real working seminar. Okay. And what happens there is, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to warn you, don't come. And I really mean it. Don't come if you think we're all going to sit around, hold hands, all wave crystals, burn incense. It's not going to happen. Um, I just demonstrate from the stage an example of how to use this work. And then we'll all go to massage tables. One person might stand at a massage table, one person lie down at the massage table, and uh, the teaching assistants and I will come around, we'll take your hands, we will show you how to find this, access it, feel it, play with it, and once you begin to do that, you'll witness right in front of your very eyes the person is lying there on your table. You'll see their fingers start to involuntarily move up and down. We'll show you how to accentuate it. You'll see an arm jerk or a leg kick. Then we'll go back to the tables, talk about what we just learned, discuss a little more, philosophy. some question and answer. I'll demonstrate a new level of the work. We'll go back to the tables. We'll show you how to do it. Their eyes will start to move. Their, their breathing will change. Their colors will change. And we'll continue this process throughout the weekend. And by the end of that one weekend, not six years or six mm-hmm. months or three weeks, But one weekend, I can pretty much make two promises, which are A, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that I can do, and B, you will be able to do anything and everything in the way of healing that any human being anywhere on this planet can do, whether they've mastered 30 different healing techniques, whether they've created healing techniques whether they've been raised by monks in a cave in a mountaintop in Tibet, fed grains of seed, each one blessed by its own lama, or whether they moved to a church in Brazil and changed their perfectly good family last name to Of God. Because today it's not about the mystique or the mystery. It's about demystifying the healing process. Today it's about transcending our complex fear-based rituals and protections and... Simply becoming the healing, and if we're not willing to transcend our techniques to bring about more, we need to ask ourselves why
0: absolutely're not
1: willing, yeah, and if we're not willing to demystify the healing process and allow it to become clear and transparent for everyone, we need to ask ourselves why, and if we're not willing to ask ourselves why, we need to ask ourselves why we're not willing to ask ourselves why because it is within the honest, true willingness to ask ourselves that question and to explore that question that we step into our own mastery.
0: I think most people, though, Eric, would say, well, maybe it works for him, but that wouldn't work for me. So does it work for anyone? I mean, have you ever had people that you could not heal? I guess what I'm really asking is, does the participant have to be ready, willing, and able?
1: Well, let me clarify something. participants in the seminar are there the
0: the person on the table
1: to do this work. The person coming in for the healing session. Okay. So there are two different things. Let me answer both of those. Okay. And start with the participants at the seminar. Because I used to think I worried for the first couple of years what if there are people who can't learn this? And as teaching close to hundred thousand people so far, I've yet to find anyone who can't learn it. Now let's go back your original question what if the healing doesn't work on someone
0: no I guess I'm asking someone comes into your chiropractic office if you still have one or back when you did okay well back when you did if somebody comes in and says I have epilepsy and I want to be healed does it always work
1: yeah does the healing always work
0: I mean it's kind of like to me gravity always works whether you believe it or not do you know right. what I mean? Whether you believe in the concept of the force of gravity, it works. Is this the same? Is is it like gravity that you don't have to believe in it? It's not that you have to, you know, hold crystals in your hand, hop on one foot and, and smell incense at the same time while you're thinking these happy thoughts. I mean, okay. D- does the person... So you ha-
1: actually, you, Okay, so you still have two different questions. And we'll start with, do you have to believe in it? Well, look at it this way. When these healings first started... My patients were coming in to see a chiropractor, and I was one. Right. You can't really, you know, I thought I was one. You can't really double-blind a study much more than that. No one had any faith, hope, anticipation, expectation. There was no hypnosis, positive visualization, or anything else going on, and the healings happened. So take it six months later people start coming in from halfway around the world, Australia, other places, and I walk into the room to do a healing with them, and they're sitting there with their arms crossed looking somewhat even perturbed or angry that they're there. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to come. Their husband and wife, mother or father, someone made them come. They thought it was ridiculous, and they were just angry about the whole thing. And I said, listen, the reality is You've taken a week off from your work or your school. You've flown to sunny Los Angeles. You're here. Believe it or not, worse things do happen to some people.
0: Yeah, what do you have to lose?
1: Right. So my suggestion is maybe say to yourself, maybe this is real and maybe it's garbage. But whatever it is, it's a rare and unique opportunity to lie down and rest your eyes for 30 minutes in the middle of the day. So shut up and take it. And you know what? (laughs) These, really, these people would have the healings. If anyone didn't demonstrate a healing, it was not the person who didn't believe in it. It was the person who came in believing in it too much. It's the person who came in saying, I know this will work. It has to work. I, I, uh, my family's home praying for me. I've got crystals set up in perfect formation in my bedroom. I'm sleeping with healing books under my mattress, you know, um, saying all the right prayers, I'm only turning in clockwise circles from full moon to full moon. These people were so attached to needing this that their attachment became their very limitation. In other words, the people who come in not believing in it at all, it's hard to be attached to something if you don't believe it exists in the first place. Sure. So... Then, turn around to the other branch of your question is, first, one thing you're asking is, do you need to believe in it? And the answer is no. If you place a book on a table, the table will catch the book, and the book, I pretty much promise you, doesn't believe in the table. But, does the healing always work? That's a question that doesn't really mean what it says. What it means is, did the person receive the results that they came in intending. Correct. And sometimes, you know, I, I tell people, I said, if you get the results you've intended for yourself, you're really for- fortunate. But you're beyond fortunate if you receive the results that the universe has designed specifically for you. That might be something different. In other words, you might come in expecting result A, you might get 100% of that result right away you might get it later. You might get 50% of that result. You might not recognize any of that result. The healing will take the form that it takes and you might have to step back three feet or three feet again or three feet again before you recognize the form the healing comes in. People used to say to me, does this work all the time? And I used to answer it by saying, it seems to work about 70% of the time because I was viewing it the way most people did. I said about 70% of the time, People get the result that they're looking for. But the other 30% of the time, you can almost always recognize the form that the healing took. For example, a, a woman drove in. Oh, isn't this funny? Oh, no. I was going to say from and It wasn't. It was from <laughs> one of the Dakotas. A woman drove in from one of the Dakotas uh, to see me one time, and she had had pain on one half of her face for years. Just such sensitive pain to even a, the breeze. If someone shut a door too fast, the breeze would hurt her face. And she came in for that problem. She had not one but two healing sessions with me. And it didn't go away. But when she was leaving at the end, of second session, she said to me, she told me that when she was a little girl, she had had a fever and an infection and lost the hearing in one of her ears. And the hearing returned. So did the healing work? If I only knew about um, the tenderness in her face, I would have said no. So um, it's very important that we as healing practitioners don't allow ourselves to take credit for the healings because then we feel bad when we don't witness a healing because we feel responsible if we've done something wrong. We might not even have known about that healing because she wasn't thinking about her loss of hearing because she'd had it for 40-some years.
0: Very interesting. And Eric, is this energy-based? Is that how it works?
1: Well, it's more than energy-based and it's more than energy. In other words, what we have had here, we've been existing in a four-dimensional world, height, width, depth, and time. In quantum physics, they often illustrate this as a little bubble or a balloon. So picture this tiny little bubble or balloon in this huge, vast, endless universe. And our Existence of four dimensions exists within this one little balloon, and everything inside this balloon has been energy. So every time we do an energy healing technique, Ricky, and Chen Shin, Shigong, Mahjong, Beijing, Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma, Quantum, this, Mattress, that, XYZ, one, two, three, all of these healing techniques focus in on different subsets, different portions of that energy within our balloon of existence. So to Access Reconnected Healing, there's a gift that we've always had access to that we have to accept first and in reward for that we are granted a second gift which is new of this time. The first gift comes from letting go of our techniques, recognizing that our energy healing techniques have been like training wheels on a bicycle They've helped us begin to discover our balance on the bicycle. However, um, we never will master the bicycle itself until we remove them. And once we transcend the techniques that we've been learning, even the new ones people are trying to teach us today, Mm -hmm. once we remove those training wheels, we access the entirety of the energy that's existed within our balloon. But today, time is moving faster. So therefore, time being a component of our balloon, time is moving faster in all directions at once. So imagine that someone continues to blow up the balloon and blow up the balloon and blow up the balloon. The balloon itself becomes thinner, becomes more permeable. Essentially, it's in the process of disappearing. What we know today is that time is an illusion. As we transcend our techniques and let them go, we not only access all of the energy, but through our permeable balloon now, we access time and information that's existed timelessly outside of our balloon that we couldn't get through before. So Reconnective Healing takes us beyond the subsets of energy, beyond the energy healing techniques, into what science says is a new expanded spectrum of, of more coherent light than has ever ever been witnessed on the planet
0: before it's an exciting time Eric question for you when you do healings or when you teach practitioners to to utilize these techniques for healing can the ailment be physical or emotional
1: healing you can't just have a physical healing you can't just have an emotional healing you can't just have a mental healing Um, that would be treatment or therapy you know, you take a pill, you have a physical healing. You take a different kind of pill, you have an emotional healing. But they're not healings. They're treatments. They're therapies. they may be cures.
0: You're going exactly... Healing is about... Yeah, you're going yeah. exactly where I wanted you to go. So please, please continue.
1: Healing is about a return to balance. And balance, if you picture a sphere, balance is about you can't have part of that sphere that ball balanced and part of it not balanced or you haven't done your healing. And that fear includes physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. If if for instance if for instance you work with a child who has cerebral palsy, maybe they're five years old, they know that they're different from their friends. They can't move their hands the same way, they can't walk, they can't run, they can't play, they can't speak normally. You do a healing session with them, and suddenly they're able to walk, run, play, and talk, nod, not need medications. You can say, "Wow, look at this great physical healing. How do you think that child feels about themselves, which is emotional healing? And therefore, how do you think they start doing in school there, which is a mental healing? What do you think about the stress on on the family fabric and integrity that changes? So now there's a relationship healing. How do you feel then the father works differently at work with the pressure off of him or the mother at, interacts differently socially in the community? So now you have a community healing. And all you were going is, oh, isn't that cute? That little boy had a physical healing. You don't, we're all connected. That. A full healing at this level, that's right. It's like if you, if you drop a pebble into a pond, where do the ripples stop? And do they even stop when you stop seeing them?
0: No, they do not. That uh-uh. is a really good way of putting it. So we have a lot of people, a lot of people in our community, Eric, that write in and say things like, you know, I want to follow this dream and I'm afraid to do it or I want to, I want to move to a new city but I'm afraid to do it. Fear seems to be so prevalent in a lot of the people that come to inspire me today for the daily inspiration. So I'm wondering, would Someone learning, reading your book and learning this technique, I would have to think that it would help overcome fear as well, basically of anything.
1: Well, you know what? It just made me think of something, um, and I'm digging for it right now in here. I think I found it in a transcript. Um, the new book is called Solid and Speaks, and there's an actual, there's a, here so, little segment, if you'll allow me to share that oh, I think I might shed some light on that. Here we go. There's a lot that needs to be said in various ways. We understand ourselves in a limited fashion, and we need to carry this understanding as a life process. It is the unveiling of a multifaceted force within our life. We need to peel away the exterior so that that internal being shines through to those we come in contact with. This eternal soul that resides within our framework is covered up in many ways by our fears, our apprehensions, and that soul is fighting its way through this. Yet We try to keep cloistered so that we remain safe. It feels a danger for many to reveal their soul to other people. And this is the most vulnerable that we become. And in your work, that is what you need to do. You need to unveil your soul. It is not a simple process. And the stripping away of ego is an eternal process. The selflessness that must shine through the being that can reach in without interference because it is your mind that interferes in the process. And yet the flow of unveiling that soul, that presentation of your core energy, that pure light, is the soul in its most idyllic form. Once that pure force shines through without it being refracted by various mindsets, Mm -hmm. it will flow in a more direct manner. Once you allow your soul, that egoless purity, to come through, that is almost a common denominator in that it has the ability to automatically fuse with the frequency of the person you're interacting with. So your job in this process is to strip away the defense. Strip away the mind. Strip away the techniques and the control mechanisms that you have in this plane. Let them go. Then be a part of an exterior that has nothing to do with you and present that soul in the room. It will automatically do the work. That energy is the common universal language of the cosmos. It is understood immediately and it is felt intrinsically. So in other words, what another thing that Solomon would say, um, Solomon being the book Solomon Speaks, right. is that we are continuously being presented with different doors. We are often so afraid of walking through the wrong door that we evaluate and evaluate and evaluate, and if there is any mistake possible that we can make here,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is only the sake of not going through a door. There are no wrong doors.
0: I'm pausing because I really want to let that sink in. That's a very powerful statement because you're right. Sometimes people get so stymied in the decision that not making a decision they, they don't realize is making a decision.
1: And not only that, but we are here to experience different flavors. What if I will move to Montana after you described how gorgeous it was? <laughs> what if it wasn't for me? What if I'm a beach person and I need the ocean? I get to move again and I get to grow from having the experience of not only living in Montana, but what I had to go through. My fears and other things change in Montana. but we get to go through more doors. There really aren't any wrong doors because each door contains experience. When we look back at our lifetimes, I don't believe we're really going to be regretting so much the doors we went through because I think we'll be seeing the lessons from them as much as we might regret the doors we didn't.
0: Exactly. Wow, I want to read the book. Tell us the name of the book again, and we, just for our, our community, for those that are those that are listening, if you're you know out hiking in the woods or if you're on the freeway driving, however or wherever you are listening to this, know that as usual, you can always come on back to Inspire Me today. You know how to do it. Go to the section that says Browse Luminaries. Put in Dr. Eric Pearl, Pearl, just like it sounds, a pearl. And they're on his profile page. We will make sure you have the links to buy the book directly. But Dr. Pearl, I just want you to tell us again the name of the book.
1: There are two books. The first book, which teaches us how to become healing practitioners, is called The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. It includes the word the, the Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. And the website, of course, is The Reconnection. You have to use the word TheReconnection.com. The and the second book, the new book, is called Solomon Speaks on Reconnecting Your Life.
0: Excellent. And are you still teaching the seminars?
1: Absolutely. You cannot escape me, baby.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, I want to come to one. So I'm wondering, when are they? How often do you hold them and where?
1: We'll have the new schedule up on the website, com. We'll have the new webs- uh, schedule up probably within the next oh, 10 days, by the end of this month. Uh, the first seminar coming up is February in Paris. Uh, the first seminar in the United States coming up oh, excuse me, is at Kripalu, which is um, sort of like a, a yoga resort in, um, I believe it's in Massachusetts, and that's in March.
0: Okay, I will check Kripalu. it out.
1: Kripalu is spelled
0: K-R-I-P-A-L-U. Excellent. Well, we'll check it out on theReconnection.com, and uh, hopefully see a lot of you at one of your uh, one of Dr. Pearl's upcoming retreats. This is excellent. I really appreciate. It. I'm so very grateful to you, Dr. Pearl, for, for spending time with us today, and for the insights that you've shared with all of our listeners and with me. Cool. My question to you is, if you were to summarize, and you've done this in your Today's Brilliance and you did it so well, but if you were to summarize your greatest wisdom right here, right now, what have you learned that you'd want to pass on to others?
1: That there is no one special healer anywhere on the planet, that we need to pack our bags, spend our money, load our family into a truck or a plane and go visit that that one special healer is looking back at you in the mirror.
0: Very powerful. Because right there, that puts the responsibility and the ability. Opportunity.
1: Opportunity. Yes.
0: Thank you. That's the best word. Opportunity. Right here where it has always been. Very it's vi-
1: interesting. It's both a challenge and it's a gift. It's like the front and the back of a coin.
0: How do you get people to get past the, oh, I can't do that phase? Because the disbelief in most people, I mean, just with what you said, there's always that little voice that comes up in the back and says, you're not a healer. You know, you need to go to somebody else and we give away our power to someone else thinking that they're stronger in healing us than we are. How do you help? I mean, I imagine part of your seminar, part of your book, is helping people wrap their heads around the fact that they really are that powerful.
1: You know, before I see people, I guess it is either the book or maybe it's the truth in my voice mm-hmm. that some, someone resonates with. Once you get to the seminar, no real convincing verbally has to take place because you just see it happening, you feel it in your hands, you see it on the person in front of you. If anything, if any three words come to your mind once I show you and you start to do this, it's simply, oh my God. Because you know you're standing in the presence of something so much greater than we've allowed ourselves to witness before that you're in a state of awe. Now, it is true. Awe is neutral in a sense. We get to be excited by it or to feel frightened of it. But that's the choice we have to make. It's just like light is, is neutral and we decide whether we want to say, oh, the light was so bright it was blinding me, or whether we choose to allow the light to illuminate. So it's very much the same thing.
0: How exciting. Well, I look forward to meeting you at one of your upcoming seminars. Who knows, Paris in February sounds pretty lovely. Anything? No. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. So I'm certain I will meet you sometime soon at one of your seminars. And again, Dr. Pearl, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You've given me something to think about all day today that I know I will take this with me and I cannot wait to read your your new book. So again, thank you thank for taking you. the time. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we close?
1: You no, know, um just, I think it's time that we challenge ourselves one other way. In order to access us, we have to recognize that we are all one. We have to learn compassion. We have to recognize that when one child cries in one part of the planet, a hundred children weep somewhere else, that when one child laughs, a thousand children laugh. Just like every ray of the sun that comes down contains a complete hologram of the sun, and it's a total representation of the sun here on Earth. It appears to be separate, but it's really, uh, the light is really one. We are each representations of call it God, call it love, call it the intelligence of the universe, and we are here under the illusion, the disguise, that we are separate and distinct beings. And um, it's, we have to look and recognize that each one of us is a total representation of God-loving the universe here on Earth. And the first step in that is to stop looking around at others and then back at ourselves and saying, what makes me special, what makes me different, what makes me unique, and start saying, what makes us all the same? To throw out the T-shirts that say, kiss me, I'm Irish, kiss me, I'm Italian, and to replace them with T-shirts that say, kiss me, I'm you, you and me.
0: I'm sitting here with a huge smile on my face and a very warm heart. Again, you've been listening to an interview today with Dr. Eric Pearl. You can find out more about this amazing man by going to inspiremetoday.com. Click on the tab that says Browse Luminaries and just put in Dr. Eric Pearl. And there, again, you'll find his very insightful, well-written inspiration for the day, his Today's Brilliance, as well as his bio and links to purchase both of his books Dr. Pearl, from my heart to yours, thank you for joining us today. Really, it means a lot. Um, I, I can't wait to meet you in person. And if It'd I can't get you to money. come to Montana, I'll have to meet you in Paris. How's that? Okay, sounds
1: good to see. I'll look forward <laughs> to it. bring a deer, some snow, and a pine tree? There you go.
0: I'll bring you a pine cone. How's that? It's a little easier to travel with than okay. a tree. <laughs> To our listeners, thank you for spending part of your day with us today. Come on back again next week. We'll bring you inspiration from another incredible luminary. And until then, remember, it's only when you have the courage to step off the ledge that you'll realize you've had wings all along. We're here for you. We love you. We'll see you again tomorrow. And thanks again for stopping by.